The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross, we're brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their new over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday afternoon, 4.30 on the East Coast, here to break down the Eastern Conference Finals and Game 1 of the Eastern Conference as well. We'll break down the series, we'll break down the series prices, any prop bets that we do like for the series, and we'll quickly recap what we saw over the weekend in the Game 7s from the NBA playoffs, but here to join me to break down the Eastern Conference playoffs and some more NBA playoff betting is my main man, the superstar of the show, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you doing this uh, Monday afternoon, my man? I mean, it feels great to know that I got on the Mother podcast with Sean and we looked you and Ryan in the face and said that Dallas was live to win that series. Yep. Took Dallas plus one and a half. Super big on that. Cone Paul three made a traumatic experience and appearance in that game seven. Could have placed all five on uh, unders. There we go. All five unders on points for the Suns. You still would what you would have cashed. You would have cashed. I think it was like plus two thousand or something like that type of parlay. It was crazy. Yeah. No. Very lack. What. Wanting more to be desired. Game seven's left more to be desired, but yeah. looking forward to the rest of the playoffs. I, I need a crazy game seven. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get a crazy game seven. I don't know where I'm going to get it, but I'm going to get a crazy game seven before this is all over. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a better showing than we saw uh, this weekend between the two game sevens. But also joining us to break down the Eastern Conference Finals. It's a man that does it both on and off the court for the SGPN Networks, my main man, Scott Rochelle. Scott, how you doing this Monday afternoon, buddy? Yeah, doing pretty well. I had a pretty busy weekend. Uh, I don't know if you guys know the story, but long story short, I had a future ticket on the Suns to win the Western Conference, but then I was rewarded with $650 of free bets in New Jersey, so I ended up making the trip, and I put everything on the Mavericks money line in Game 7. So I ended up making some money over the weekend. It was nice to cash something, but we're going to get back to the game sevens. They were awful. Let's just say I'm happy I'm a hockey fan because those those hockey game sevens were 40 times better than the NBA game game sevens over the weekend. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the two game sevens were uh, didn't live up to expectations. And like Terrell said, uh, there was more to be desired from those two game sevens. But we can... Quickly recap it. Um, let's start with the first game between the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I know, Scott, you and I were talking offline. Not much to say here. Giannis just looked like he just ran out of gas. And when you're not making your three-pointers and the other team is, that's pretty much a recipe that you're going to lose by the way you did and not having your also second-best player. But any other takeaways, Scott, from the Milwaukee and Boston series? Not really. I feel like the main takeaway and the reason why I liked Boston going into the series was Milwaukee's missing arguably its second-best player. And you can just look at how Giannis did whatever he wanted, and it didn't matter because nobody else on the team from Milwaukee could really shoot or contribute much. Holiday, of course, had the Game 5 block with the steal, and we know that he had a couple moments. Overall, he was not very good offensively. They were using Grayson Allen, who was a lost cause for the final couple games of the series, Mm -hmm. and... That was it. I mean, the reason why the unders were so good in the series was because Milwaukee could not score consistently. And my main takeaway, if Middleton was healthy, I think they win the series, but he wasn't. So Boston beat up on, or I shouldn't say beat up, they wore down a shorthanded team and they won. So do I have any real takeaways? Not really. Terrell, game seven between Boston and Milwaukee. Any takeaways for you? So... LeBron and Steph Curry 
have got the league fucked up right now. And it's crazy. It's absolutely hilarious because, no, not even just the league, fans, like media, analysts, everybody. They have everybody fucked up right now. And the Suns and the Bucks just proved it last night. Because they, those two single-handedly, just those, that pair, have people thinking that it's fucking easy to make deep playoff runs, that you can do that shit every year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because I'm so fucking great that I can carry a team and go to a deep playoff run every year. No, you can't. That's yeah. hard. There's a, a lot of great players that haven't even seen a conference finals. That is so hard to do. It is literally so hard to do. And Le- the fact that LeBron could do it consistently, get into 10 straight NBA finals. The fact that Steph could go out there and do it so consistently. They have everybody fucked up thinking that it's something easy and that it's something that people can just pop up and do. No, you can't. So just because these two teams were in the finals last year didn't mean that they were a lot to make it. And they proved it. They both proved it by getting ran out the gym in both games. And so it is what it is. I was on Milwaukee. And I thought Milwaukee was going to – I thought Boston – I really was a fate of Boston, to be honest. It was a fate of Boston. I thought Boston would fold it when the pressure is on at its highest moment. I thought they fold, and they got have, it done. Have you turned yet on the Celtics? Because you've been, no. been kind of dipping your toes in a little bit, but you keep going back to this no, team's going to choke. No, I can't. I can never. Okay. I can only – so the, the most Celtics thing to happen, and I talk about it because I don't think it even gets that far, but the most Celtic thing would happen is for them to actually make it past this series to get to the place where you're supposed to be and have a complete no-show in the finals. Complete, absolutely drop no-show. That would be the most Celtics thing of this squad, to just fold like that in the finals. Now, do I think they get there? Huh, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm just saying, because, you know, one thing I learned a long time ago in gambling was don't chase your losses. You've been chasing Boston for about three months. I'm, I'm just curious if you're going to keep riding it. And yet I'm still profitable. Still profitable. <laughs> so it's crazy that how I've been chasing my losses with them and I'm still in the green. It's because it's what they do to you. And I'm, I'm trying to I'm just trying to give people fair warning. Yeah, Boston shows out uh, in game seven. They knocked down their three-point shots, and I think that was pretty much what we said, is that what Chicago couldn't do in the, uh, round one, Boston was able to at least in a couple games, but in the game that mattered the most where they got the W, uh, it's advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. Uh, second game of the night, not much to say for me either. Um, I was completely wrong about this Dallas team, and they just came out, and, and Luka, Luka's a monster, man. Um uh, this game was over within that first quarter. I don't think Devin Booker, or Chris Paul had a field goal made uh, by the time we approached halftime. But uh, Scott, let me start with you for Phoenix. Um, Dallas gets the victory in convincing fashion to advance to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. What did you see from this Dallas team that really got them the victory here in Game Seven, or even how what how they were able to win this uh, series against the uh, defending Western Conference Finals champs? Well, first of all, I'm going to answer that question, but we're going to need several conversations on this game because we're going to have to do a whole deep dive on Phoenix. I hope you know that's coming because we have to have the conversation. But to go through game seven alone, Phoenix was scared. And if you want to talk about what happened, the game was over before it started. You could tell in the first couple minutes of the game, Phoenix wanted none of the smoke and Dallas wanted all of it. And it really goes back to really two moments for me and that kind of overlap throughout the entire series. The first moment was Luca getting the ball picked for, by him from Booker during a dead ball. And Luca looks at him and trash talked him, whatever. Yeah. And the other one was Luca at the end kind of tied in with the Biombo pointless dunk there at the end of game five, where Luca said, it's easy to talk when you're up, which is kind of similar to the, MJ quote that Morant posted after they lost game one to the Timberwolves. And the last thing that you want to do, and it's really a growing trend in the league. People have to start. People have to stop talking so much crap, especially against elite players. Luca is one of the last players in the league. You want to talk crap to like, do you think people in the eighties wanted to talk crap to Larry bird? Of course not. You know who you're talking to like, stop. How many yeah. times does Luca need to kill you for you to stop talking crap? And <laughs> I feel like that it. was where it's whole. I'm oh, sorry. What were you saying, Terrell? Keep doing it. Keep talking crap. It's good for the league. I think it's good for the league, but it's good for content, but it's bad for your team. Like, I just don't know why the Suns, especially who have not won a title, just decide we have to go out of our way to just talk a, a 
I'd say talk low to every other team in the league. And it came up and it bit them. And I feel like that was my main takeaway for game seven was that they assumed after they ran him out in game five and they talked crap that Dallas would fold. Dallas punched them in the mouth in game six and Phoenix was afraid of what was going to happen in game seven because they knew that Dallas was not going to back down, which is the main point of trash talking. You try to get the opponent off their game and instead you fired them up. So my main takeaway for Phoenix, congratulations. You played yourself. That was my main takeaway. Trail game seven. Oh yeah. Go ahead. No. So it is crazy because it's like when you sit there and Phoenix just got bit by that regular season bug. Like they were that regular, they got bit by that regular season bug where everybody thought, Oh, this team was so good in regular season and they are going to go and sweep through the playoffs, get to the championship. Like there was like plus 200 at one point for Phoenix to win a championship. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. And everybody thought I was crazy. Cause I'm like, Look now, I kept talking up Memphis, kept talking up Memphis, kept talking up Memphis. And I said, look, if Memphis gets past Golden State, then they're going to be live. There's a reason why I said if Memphis gets past Golden State instead of if Memphis gets past Golden State and then gets past the Suns, there's a very good reason for that. The Suns, they, yes, they did everything right. They played very, very well. Blah, blah, blah. They're a good team. All that. At the end of the day. They have faults. They need another shot creator. Everybody keeps talking about Eric Gordon sitting at home on the couch in Houston, wondering what he's doing and why didn't they go get for him. They got too complacent. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, what it seems like how they portrayed themselves in the media, not going to say that's what it is, but how they portrayed themselves in the media, it seems like they thought, oh, well, we're a shoe-in to get back. We played so good this year, we're going to get back. And when you have somebody who feels like he's an underdog in Luka because he just got bounced by the Clippers two years in a row, mm-hmm. and he finally gets that taste of, ooh, this is what it's like to win a series, and after whooping up on the Jazz, and then you give him hope. The quote that Luka had after that game was like, hey, I know. I know I had 27, and they only had 27 points as a team. You're damn right I knew that. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I was trying to score more than them. <laughs> so I'm actually disappointed in myself because I wanted to hit that last three and I wanted to score more than them. I wanted to have more points than the entire team. So I just hope that Draymond, somebody, somebody say something because I want to see what Luka does in the Western Conference Finals. What does he do? If he does that much in a semis when he mad at you, what happens if Draymond say something? What happens if Steph say something because everybody act like Steph's so perfect? Steph be talking shit just as good as Draymond. He be talking shit just as good as Draymond. You just don't see it. So, you know, that I think it was more of the Dallas Mavericks and Jason Kidd's adjustments and his defense more than the Suns folding because the Suns were just like, they were just a good team. Same thing as the Jazz last year. They were just a good team. I think it's a mix between the two just to push back a little bit because I will give Jason Kidd a bunch of props. He had a Ty Lue type series. Your team gets your ass kicked the first two games and they make all the adjustments and they respond quite nicely. But the issue that I have with Phoenix was just the lack of effort and intensity in a must-win game at home. Yeah. And even though I do agree, Jason Kidd had a great scheme. They, play, they planned everything out extremely well. Phoenix came out of that game dead. And that was at the opening tip. The game was over. First quarter, you scored 27 points and a half. So even though I do agree Dallas's defense was great and Kidd was a phenomenal coach throughout the entire series, I'm going to place most of the blame on Phoenix, though, just because of how mentally fragile they were and how rattled they were once Dallas even showed a hint of resistance. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you guys took, I mean, said everything that was pretty it's a much mix of both. my mind. Yeah, but, it really is, I mean, but... And again, Terrell, going back to your point, we had talked about this during the uh, when we got to the trade line is that we said that Phoenix needed to go out and get another playmaker like Eric Gordon. I think that's the exact same example that I gave out that he was sitting there in Houston, um, a veteran guy that can come off the bench or even be in your starting lineup where he can get you 15, 17 points a night and knock down that three point shot. I and mean, Terrence Ross, as well. somebody. Yeah. yeah. Those Terrence are Ross the- is in fucking Orlando, not yeah. doing shit. 
those were the names that we said. Yeah, I, I don't know, I forgot who mentioned it, but those were the type of names that we were talking about for this Phoenix team to go out and get. Now, the conversation is going to happen. Hey, do we go out now and give Max money to DeAndre Ayton? I personally wouldn't do it. Scott, I know you wouldn't kind of expand on the conversation about Phoenix here, but I think, I think we have to. It's one of the worst yeah. playoff losses of all time. Go ahead. I think that, first of all, when it comes to who to blame, Chris Paul's the popular answer. I think it's a joint effort. Because Booker is still the best player on the team, and he was awful in the final two games. Mm-hmm. And Aiton, who has Kleber matched up on him for about 30 minutes, did nothing. In fact, he even got benched, and Monty Williams straight up said that he got benched in a game seven. And now they're supposed to pay him a bunch of money. And I mentioned it as the season was progressing. Phoenix took a bold stance not paying him the max after the NBA Finals appearance last year. Yep. And people jumped at their throats and said, how could you do this? Aiden's amazing. And now, as the season went on, you started to become more understanding of why the front office did not want to pay him all that money. And now he's in line for a massive contract following one of the worst games of his entire career. But the truth is, a lot of what happened with Aiton happened with Gobert in the first round against Dallas. He was put into too many switches, mm-hmm. and he got torched. And offensively, he was not aggressive enough to make Dallas pay for going small. Now, Aiden did have a couple of games where he had 18 and 11, 21 and 11. Gobert didn't have those, but you still wanted more. You wanted Aiden to have at least one 30-point game. One game where he just takes it over and tells Chris Paul, no matter what the play is, give me the damn ball. Kleber can't stop me. I'm getting this layup. And at no point did he ever want it. So I think that Aiden, the issue he has, he's too finesse-oriented. He's not aggressive enough. He's not assertive enough. And I also wonder how much of his production is based around Chris Paul being his point guard. So I think the main, so I think the main question that you have is, A, is Phoenix going to pay him? I don't think they're going to. The question you have then, which team can you sign and trade him to? And what does Phoenix need to, to even attempt to run this back because Chris Paul's under contract for a few more years. I don't think he's going to be this bad moving forward, Mm -hmm. but I think his best years are obviously behind him. Yeah. And Booker, you're hoping can get back on track, whatever, but you're looking at Aiton being your third guy. I don't think he's good enough to be the third guy on a championship team. So you were talking about Aaron, uh, Eric Gordon and how he might be a piece that they wanted during the trade deadline. I'm not even sure he would have been good enough to get them to the finals because The way that I see it, they needed a guy who can actually create off the dribble consistently, and Aiden's not cutting it. You you can look at, for example, a McCollum. Mm -hmm. I could see one of those guys potentially getting Phoenix over the top, but like an Aaron Gordon, an Eric Gordon, sorry, post-prime role play. I think they need another big guy for the big three, and Aiden might get signed and traded to the I don't know, the Hornets or something like, I don't know. You, you think maybe Utah would consider a trade for Gobert? I don't know what the hell they would do for it, but I think Phoenix just needs a lot more assistance offensively when it comes to shot creation because Chris Paul can't really do that anymore. That's really my takeaway. So Aiden, I think, should be traded, but they really need another score, and I mean an elite score. Yeah. Charlie, you had some thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I don't think it was Aiden. To be honest, I don't. I think Aiton is good. He was a twenty-point per game scorer before Chris Paul when he was playing alongside Devin Booker. I, I think that partial to blame. I would put more to blame on Monty Williams than DeAndre Aiton because the adjustments from Monty Williams they were gone after after game after game five after yeah. game four after game five. Even game four in, and in games that they won. Well, I mean, yeah, after, especially game five when they ran away. I think that was the worst thing for them, that they blew them out in game five. That was the they worst got, thing They for got them. complacent after that. They got super yeah. complacent. And it's just, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting different results. So if you know that whoever, who it doesn't matter who, whoever DeAndre Eaton is guarding, they're going to come and they're going to do the pick and they're going to get Aiden mm-hmm. on Luca. He's going to make that shot nine times out of 10. Yeah. The only thing that saved you in games that you won is the fact that Luca wasn't efficient in that shot. But when he was efficient in it, they won every game. 
I'm sure that's when Luke is efficient in that shot. The Mavericks are going to win like 80% of their games anyway. Yeah, no, but I'm saying you. the only reason – this would have been gone way before seven. Yeah. Dallas would have won mm-hmm. this way before seven. They couldn't shoot on the road. It wasn't just because of some inefficiencies of Luka. There was no adjustments. There was no, hey, we're going to sit here. We're going to do this. We're not going to let our big man get torched like this. We're going we're gonna to make Luka get the ball out of his hand. You've seen the adjustments from Jason Kidd. Hey, we're trapping Devin Booker. I don't care if Chris Paul go gets off. We're trapping Devin Booker because we're going to force Chris to go out there and he's going to work hard on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to tire him out offensively so when he gets to the fourth quarter, he doesn't go out and light us up for another 15, 20 points. So it's just like it's a whole bunch of other things. And from I feel like DeAndre Ayton just kind of got left out to dry. And now maybe yeah. is it because there's a little bit of a contract situation? Possibly. I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory, but I feel like he got left out to dry. There's no reason that you don't make any type of adjustment. And he's been killing that shot over DeAndre Ayton for the whole series, seven games, the entire series, even games that they got killed. He was killing that shot over DeAndre Ayton. So I don't know, bro. It, I, I was more disappointed in Motsi Williams for me, but it, it's more of, and that's what I was talking about earlier, it's more of Dallas, and Dallas just got some dogs, man. They got yeah. some dogs, and they're a good team. And they went out there, and they were down 3-2, and they said, all right, bet. Like, hold my beer. We're going to go out here. We're going to do this, and we get into the next round. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all kudos to Dallas, yo. Dallas did that shit. Now, once again, I'm placing most of the blame on Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but I am just throwing it out there. Since you have the contract that's looming over the head of Aiden in the front office, I have to at least mention the fact that Aiden did not exactly put his best foot forward going to that, to that contract negotiation. Now I do agree with you. Monty Williams, I think did hang him out to dry. The issue was Phoenix had no alternatives because whether you have Aiden or McGee or Biombo on the court, Don's just going to cook no matter what. So they really didn't have any other options. Phoenix could not play small which is why I think Golden State will have a lot more success against Dallas because you can put Draymond on Aluka and not get killed compared to actual centers. So I think that's going to be an interesting wrinkle for the Western Conference Finals. And you can blame Monty Williams. At the end of the day, most of the blame goes on Chris Paul and Devin Booker because you're supposed to lead by example, and they both no-showed the two biggest games of the season. Uh, 100%, man. I mean, it's gonna, I think there's going to be a lot more question marks now in this offseason for the Phoenix Suns going forward if they do want to repeat uh, or not repeat, but, you know, get back to the NBA finals now because, Scott, you and I were talking offline that Chris Paul is probably not even a a number three guy anymore, especially when he's going to be num- or he's going to be he's 38 years old going into next season. But I think guys, he, be an, he could be a number three guy, but I don't think he could be a number three score. Or, yeah. I think there's sense. a distinction that needs yeah. to be made. 100%. But I'm going to ask you, though, since yeah. we're talking about Phoenix, because we kind of have to, and you said, what if they want to potentially find a way to get back to the finals? Sure. What would you do? Because Terrell <sighs> believes that Aiden was hung out to dry, but he's still talented enough. You should bring him back. Am yeah. I right about that, Terrell? That's kind of where you're leaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, when you based- look at what's out there, there's there's nothing else out there. But correct. So I'm saying, but what do you think is an achievable final roster? based on moves you can make during the offseason with an agent Chris Paul that could get you into the finals past a healthy Clippers team and all of these teams that are coming up. Do you think there's really any moves that can be made to get Phoenix back or do you think the window's closed? I don't think the window has closed for them. I want to add to, do you think that eight is a max player? Yes, everybody, everybody that comes up in contract is a max player for the NBA at this point. Like, if, if you are... Post-rookie one, deal, that tends to be true. Yeah, post-rookie yeah. deal. And if you're a top two, three player on your team, top three, if you're a top three player on your team and you are coming off your rookie deal, you are a max player. I don't care. It's because it's just the market. That's what the market is. It's the same thing in the NFL. You know, you get all you see all these quarterbacks, all these guys, you're like, damn, this guy got a hundred something, blah, 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 blah. Everybody talking about all that. No, you're a max player, regardless. So fucking Harrison Barnes is a damn near max player. So um, if you're if you're if you're a top three option or you're like some defensive specialist or something like also that, a number one overall max, draft pick. Yeah, and a number you're you're getting a max money regardless. So well, I don't I don't look at that because I, it's just at the end of the day, it's dollars. Like it's it's paper. It's like they're they're gonna pay who they want to pay. If they want their guys, they're gonna just pay them. And be like, all right, you're on the team. But I don't think your money determines how good of a player you are. 
That's fair, but yeah. I feel like though we do have to kind of table it, if you would trade Aiton, is there any player that would be on the market that would make your team better? Like if, for example, Utah entertained the idea of Aiton for Gobert, no. would that make the songs better? I don't know about that. I don't think there's so. Nobody, there's nobody else. There is nobody, there's nobody else that you could sit here and say, besides somebody that you know for a fact the team is not trading, like, you know for a fact that the Lakers aren't training Anthony Davis. You know, like, you know for a fact that all these other, like, there's nobody else. It's DeAndre Ayton. Just pay the man. No, you throw in Zion now for you, fun, now for you, hypothetical situations. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know I'm not throwing in Zion. We're not getting into that discussion. We're already <laughs> off topic. But, yeah, no. Ben no, Simmons? There's nobody else. Just pay DeAndre. Now what you can do and what you can do is you can try to get a little bit of leverage and and work out some kinks in the deal. But at the end of the day, he's a max player, bro. Like, stop. It's not that big of a – it's not hard. Well, I'm not going to say it's not hard. But compared to the talent that's in the NBA, it is not hard to be a max player. No, he's definitely going to get the max money from some team that's going to pay him. I'm asking if he – if Is he a, a difference maker for the team? Yeah. Yes. A yes. serious, Phoenix serious difference max. maker. He, he, Phoenix should pay him the max. Any other team should pay him the max. He offensively, he is a he is a difference maker. He is one of the. There is not a lot of big men in the league that can go out there and get a bucket like DeAndre Ayton can. He just folded in this moment. He had a good run last playoffs. He folded this one. It, it happens. It is what it is. I don't. And he he was tired as fuck because he getting cooked on the on the <laughs> defensive side of ball the whole series. Like, yeah, yeah but, I don't but, I don't know. I think DeAndre is perfectly fine and. If the Suns move on, you better have a good backup plan, but it doesn't seem like there's one in place. That last point you just made, though, about Aiden defensively is why I don't necessarily want to give him max money. And it's really an issue that a lot of centers have. Even Jokic has the issue. They can't guard on the perimeter. And as the league gets more and more three-point oriented, which it already is, but you know that it's going to even ramp up even further over the next couple of years. If everyone starts to try to use a system like Dallas, where you have one star player, you run a Harden-like system, surround him with three-point shooters. Is Aiden borderline unplayable in half the playoff series he's going to be in moving forward? You gotta, I mean, you got to work with him. You but that's the him. point. You want to pay develop. a guy, and he has the same issues Gobert has defensively. But people, develop, but people develop all the time. You pay a guy, and they develop in their career. You don't stay stagnant in their career. I, I would say, all right, you, aren't, you, see the, you see what happened here. Now you got to get in the lab in offseason. Now you got to figure out, all right, how am I not going to get killed on this pick and roll? How am I going to contest mm-hmm. somebody on – like, that's possible. Changes is possible. And you're making an investment when you pay a player. That's what you're investing in. You're investing on the changes that he will make. I agree with that, but I feel like that's one point. Phoenix's coaching staff has to be certain that he can make these leaps defensively because if he's not, you're paying a max player to get tortured in every playoff series. Yeah, let's put a lid on that, guys. Let's, I think that we can carry that conversation into the offseason, and we're talking about offseason moves and things like that. So uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here, guys. We'll come back, and then we'll dive into the Eastern Conference uh, Finals betting preview. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's Bet 50 Win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same-game parlays with the Win's own Build Your Own Bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push on a three or more leg parlay between Thursday through Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offers on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and get started today. Offers of change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there and I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make sleep you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter the, into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. 
The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some plays. On your mobile device, join our listeners group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get 100% deposit match at sleeper.com SGP. So make sure to use promo code SGPNBA when you get over to Sleeper. Again, on your mobile device, just go to sleeper.com SGPNBA to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. All right, coming off of the break here, let's get into this Eastern Conference Finals preview. It's going to be the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat looking at the opening series price right now. It's Boston over on win bet minus 200 to win the series. Miami Heat plus 165 to advance to the NBA finals here. Uh, Terrell, let me start with you for the overall series here. Uh, Which team are you leading towards and give me your key uh, factors or your handicap on which team you're uh, expecting and what it's going to take for them to win. Okay. All right. Um, again, if you waste your time laying minus 200 with Boston, I just don't. I mean, I guess if you have the funds and you just don't care, you don't <laughs> care about lines and you, you're willing to put $100,000 on a bet, then I mean, sure, I guess, fine. But I, <laughs> I'm not laying minus 200 with Boston in anything. But I mean, if you want to, it's fine, I guess. I'm <laughs> no, I, I like the heat as dogs. And the fact that they're coming into this as dogs, I think that there's a little chip on their shoulder. We're in a betting world, and everybody in the NBA knows about these betting lines. And I promise you, Jim Butler looking at that shit like, oh, all right, bet. And so I can't even fathom to explain why two minus 200 is the price. I thought it would be a lot closer, maybe a minus 150 or something like that. But I thought it would be 130. Yeah. Yeah. Way closer than what it is. And I'm on the Miami Heat for the series. I think the Miami Heat are going on to the NBA Finals. I've said that I thought that Miami and Memphis were my two teams in in the beginning. I thought it was Miami and Memphis that were going to go all the way. They were going to be there. Miami was going to get the win because Memphis was too young. Nothing in in the Eastern Conference has changed. Just because the Bucs got knocked out by the Celtics, nothing changed at all whatsoever. And so... But Grant Williams is the new Ray Allen, though, right? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was <laughs> apparently. But if you like Boston, just wait till they lose game one. Because they're going to lose game one. Yeah. And I don't mean to jump into the game preview, but they're going to lose game one. They just went through a hellacious series. You have the Miami Heat that are coming off of four days rest, four plus days rest, mm-hmm. the Platus team, and how Miami under Jimmy Butler have performed in game ones. Yeah, they're they're going they're going to win game one. That is no doubt in my mind. And so just wait for the price to drop and then get in on Boston. Yeah, now, these I two think you're wasting your time, but yeah, wait for it to drop, get in on Boston. Yeah, these two teams matched up three times during the regular season. Boston won the season series two games to one, but that was um in the season series, Jimmy Butler only played in two games as well as Kyle Lowry. Not sure we're gonna see Kyle Lowry on Tuesday. Um, I mean, we could have the conversation if Miami is better without Kyle Lowry right now. I mean, they were against Philly, but um, average total points scored in those three games in the regular season, I was at 197. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense to see that during the regular season, both of these teams were top five in defense. That's carried over to the playoffs. So I think this series is going to be a dogfight between these two teams. Scott, let me kick it to you here. Overall, for the series, who do you like? Um, and if you have any serious prop bets that you want to give out, and then we can uh, go from there. So I do agree that the price for Boston's ridiculous. It should not be minus 180. I do think Boston's going to win the series. I think that they're the better team. But Terrell kind of hit my bet on the head. I like Boston to lose game one and to win the series, which is around, uh, let me see what this is. It's around plus 230. I like that. I think Miami should win game one. I can't call a game one must win. 
But if Miami loses game one, they have serious problems because this is the perfect scheduling spot. This is the exact spot you want. Mm -hmm. You're at home. You've had a week and a half or an extra couple of days to prepare. And Boston just came off a game seven. Mm -hmm. This is the dream spot for Miami in game one. If they lose this game, I think they're screwed. Yeah, I I actually do like Miami. I agree with Sro in this uh, series. I think that Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum are are more than likely going to cancel each other out, and Jimmy Butler's probably going to be matched up on Jason Tatum. And for me, I think it's going to be how far can Jalen Brown carry this Boston Celtics team? I mean, during the regular season in the three games that they did match up, he did average close to 25 points per game, where Tatum was only at about close to 18 points per game. So, um Again, defensively, I think it's going to be like, and Scott, you and I were talking offline, was that we probably want to look at betting the under in every single one of these games. Yeah. Um, we'll get to one, game one here in a second here. But um, yeah, I, and, I, and I probably sound a little biased because I am holding that 10 to 1 Eastern Conference ticket for the Miami Heat, but I just think that. And the title bet. Yeah, and the title bet. Don't forget about the title bet. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. I don't okay. want to put the, put the, the cart before the horse. Let, let's then get to they the mention it, you know? No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I think that Miami defensively, and I'm looking at for two guys to really step up outside of Jimmy Butler. He's going to have to get that help. It's going to be number one, Tyler Hero. He's going to have to have a better series than he did in round two against the Philadelphia 76ers. And bam, right? They do get Robert Williams back, and there's no minutes restriction on him. So it's going to be interesting how effective Bam is going to be both offensively and defensively for this team. Um, I'm going with Miami in six. I will. Let me see the series prices here um, for Miami and six here. Toronto, you said you like Miami. How many games do you like them in? Uh, give me Miami in seven. Yeah, my- I, I think Boston. I think Boston is going to be competitive. Give me Miami in seven. Yeah, Miami in seven right now plus three ninety uh, on the series price. Uh, Scott, you said you like Boston in how many games? By the way, uh, Heat to win in six is plus eight fifty. Uh, for you, uh, but for the Celtics, yeah. I like them. In, uh, oh. So the thing is, I, on one hand, I think the series might go seven, but do I really think Boston can win another game seven on the road? Because Boston in sevens plus 500. I think I'm going to go with Boston in six. I think they'll steal one. I actually think they're going to steal game two, Okay, but I'm going to go with Boston in six. At the end of the day, I do think these teams are pretty even. I think the Kyle Lowry injury is brutal. And my main concern with his injury might not be the fact that he's not playing. It's the fact that he might come back prematurely Mm -hmm. and be awful like he was in the last series. And it might be subtraction by addition. Outside of the two, or obviously the superstars, let's start with the the Boston side here. Outside of Jason Tatum, I know we, I just because Jalen Brown, but who are you got? Who are you guys looking to step up? and kind of be that X factor for both of these teams. I'll start with Boston. Scott, outside of Jason Tatum, I know I mentioned Jalen Brown, but who else do you think needs to really step up? He's going to have to be Grant Williams again. They're going Mr. Game 7. It's going to be Grant Williams because he's going to be the guy in the corner. (laughs) I know, I'm teasing because of one Game 7. But the point is, he's going to be standing in the corner. So if you want to talk about floor spacing, his positioning is similar to P.J. Tucker, is it not? Sure. He's a defensive mostly guy who shoots mostly three-pointers in the corner. So if the idea is you want to space the floor and let Tatum get downhill and you're going to try to crash in on Tatum, then you need to space the floor properly. And Williams is that guy. Now you can talk about some other dark horse candidates off the bench, some X factors like, a, for example, a Derek White or a Pritchard or one of these guys. But for me, it's Al Horford because okay. he had that 30-point game in – the Bucs series. He kind of did nothing offensively after that. But defensively, I'm not sure how valuable Robert Williams will be in this series if Miami's going to space the floor extremely well. I'm assuming that Williams will still see the floor a decent amount. But Horford can also help you stretch the floor out. So if you want to go small and play a five-out lineup, Horford can do that for you. And if you want to take Bam away from the basket, then Horford should play a bunch of minutes at center. So I do think the main two X factors for this team are going to be Grant Williams and Al Horford. Terrell, X factors for you for Miami to advance to the NBA Finals. Wait, hold on. I wanted to do Boston. I'll go Boston. Sorry. Well, oh, yeah. I said Miami because you It's easy Miami. to talk about the team that you like. I got to talk about the team I hate. All right, and go ahead. Marcus Smart's got to kill Gabe Vincent. 
Is he playing in game one? So, and I, and I should have mentioned that that the news came out this morning uh, that he does have a foot sprain. He's questionable the, for game. Yeah, one. the MRI did come back clean for him, but he is right now officially questionable for game he can't one. Miss so the series, he can't miss the series. Yeah, and I was gonna say that he cannot again. He cannot that that's gonna series. be an injury that's gonna that's gonna linger throughout the series, especially with the amount of minutes that those three guys are playing between Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown. Right, I can think you throw, throw Al Horford into that conversation as well, but. Terrell, what you were saying, what were you saying? I'm sorry about the uh, Boston Celtics. Well, Mark, I was just saying Marcus Smart has to come in and he's got to kill Gabe Vincent. When you think about the the areas, Miami doesn't have any holes defensively. Like they, they just don't have any holes defensively. But you got to take care of matchups where you can get them. And if you sit there, you look at the Miami roster and who are, you know, two people that may be somewhere that you can attack. It's for two undrafted players in Struis and yeah. Vincent. He's got he's to come in and he's got to be able and to, to be able to hold up their backcourt versus not just Jason Jalen Brown, not just Jalen Brown, but Marcus Smart's got to hold up his end of the deal too. Yeah. Because in their best games is when Marcus Smart is, is shooting well from, the, from three. He's shooting well on getting to the cup. And so Marcus Smart for the Boston, and now that's another reason why I don't think Boston gets that far because if let, not only just game one, if he misses any time in any game, then I think his reps defensively and what he can give you offensively. Well, that's also why I like Miami game one. When we talk about the spot, Smart might not play, so that also hurts. Yeah, and for Miami, this is going to be the series where Bam Adebayo – is going to make his mark and remind you, hey, you know, I'm good at basketball too. I'm, I can ball in this series. And he's going to have the task of taking on Al Horford. He's going to have to take on uh, probably uh, Robert Williams at some point. But those two, especially Robert Williams, when we, you were just talking about it, he's not really that like – I'm looking more at him, that, yeah, as your rim protector, but Bam co- cooks those guys. Yeah, Bams can take your best rim to, rim protector that can take a guard coming off the edge and slash into the basket and make that guy look crazy. But Bale can dominate those guys on the inside, man. And this is where I'm looking for him to step up. This is the person that I think is going to have a great series. Cause I think this is going to be the time where Bam Adebayo shows you like, Hey, I don't just do it on the defensive side of the ball. I can get it done offensively as well. And as soon as I'm cooking you, as soon as I'm killing you, as soon as I got you looking like barbecue chicken in a basket, I'm going to kick it out to P.J. Tucker. I'm going to kick it out to Tyler Hero. I'm going to kick it out to Max Strews or Gabe Vincent. And they're go- those guys are going to kill you from three as soon as I get all your attention. So it's Bam out of bio for me. I think Bam out of bio is in for a big series. I want to pose this question. That let's say Kyle Lowry let's misses game one. And I think that would be up to, what, one and a half weeks that he has gotten rest. Let's just say he's at 70 to 75%. Scott, since you are picking against Miami, does and if he's as at seventy five percent, he does play better than he did against Philly, and he's able to move and make the cuts. How do you feel about Miami or Boston at that point? Uh, the truth is, I still don't know what to think about Lowry because I haven't seen him play a good game in basketball in what a month. Sure, yeah, we can make it, that it's been rough, and they were better without him last series. And the last thing you want to do is force Lowry back early because you tried that already. And it failed miserably. So what I, how would I feel about it? I like Lowry as a player when healthy, but against a physical team like Boston, I do question how a banged up Lowry would look, especially since his shot was basically broken because he had no lift. Yeah. So if Lowry's going to play, yes, he'll give you charges drawn. He'll do a lot defensively, but if he can't shoot and Boston could put even more attention on Tatum, uh, sorry, sorry. Baller. Yeah, no, Baller, sorry. If you can't shoot, you can put more attention on Baller. Yeah, I realize I messed that up. Then I do <laughs> think that Miami's going to struggle offensively. Sure. So I think it'll help if he's healthy, but with that question mark, I'm leaning Boston. Okay. All right. So Scott's leaning Boston in six. That's at plus 265. I'm on Miami in six at plus 850. Well, my Charles, favorite, yeah, my favorite uh, play is Boston to lose game one and win the series. Okay. Uh, Wait, uh, yeah. Plus 850 for Miami and six? Yeah. Oh. 
Damn, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I know I said Miami is seven, but can I sprinkle on that Miami is six, too? Yeah, come, Holy come. shit. <laughs> oh, shit. You said plus eight. Wait, I didn't see that yeah. on the sheet. Hold on. Plus, plus That's eight right. 50. I'm <laughs> guessing yeah, the logic is because they would, they would have to win in Boston to get that series over with. Right. So that's probably why it's that high, but that's still shit, way too high. They just high. won a game in Philly. Philly ain't yeah. no better. Yeah, hell yeah. Give me that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do best bets at the end, obviously, for the series, but let's just move right into game one. I think we're all in agreement because of the scheduling spot here that Miami definitely has the rest advantage. And we've seen this historically that when teams coming off of a game seven have a short turnaround, that they do pretty well against. Um, you mean they do terribly if they I mean, they yeah, have a teams that are coming off of that, they do, they do terribly in that game one. So, yeah. right now, over on win bet, the line is currently, I see it at. Uh, the Miami Heat minus one and a half uh, on the spread, minus one twenty five on the money line, with the total set at two hundred four. Um, Scott, I think you already said it, and I think we all said it, but I think we all agree that we do like Miami in game one at minus one and a half. Correct? Yeah, I'm taking Miami. If Miami loses this game, I think they're screwed. Yeah, Terrell, same thing. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm with Miami, and then yeah, they can't. They can't. <laughs> and because Miami's six and zero, including the playoffs, Miami is six and zero with four plus days rest. So yeah, I trust Miami. Can I call Game One a must-win game? Because it really feels that way. Because sure. this is by far the best scheduling spot they will have for the entire series. They I, have to win this game. Yeah, they do. And again, you're right. But I don't know. I still have faith in Miami that they're going to. Um, uh, I think that this is a team that, that defense travels, right? We talked about this in a lot of sports where defenses travel. And I think that, you know, both Boston and Miami have great defenses. So I, I, I understand that Miami has done really well this postseason uh, at home. Um, I'm sorry, Miami has done really well uh, at home uh, in this postseason. But I still think that defense is going to be able to travel. And like Terrell said, that they went into mm-hmm. Boston, or sorry, they went into Philly in game six and got that victory as well. I know at least in my eyes, I'm Terrell said that, that they are pretty much the same team, but I, I think that again, Miami can get this done in six, um, but game one, I think we're all in agreement. Minus one and a half here. Scott, you say com- something? It's a confidence thing for me. Sure. Where, yeah. If you had extra time to prepare and Boston has basically one day and Boston beats you on a short turnaround confidence for Boston's at an all time high. And Miami is going to start panicking because they went from undefeated at home in the playoffs to losing on a team with short rest. Yeah. I think confidence-wise, they need to win this game because they need to punch Boston in the mouth. They have to. Sure, I agree. Um, and then let's dive into the total here. And then if you guys have player props you want to give out as well, and then we'll wrap it up with best bets. But uh, total, Scott, 204 right now. I, I think that we had the conversation offline that I think, or I said this, that first team to 100 is probably going to win some of these games, if not most of them. But how are you feeling about this total in game one? We said first team to 100. There's no guarantee either team's going to make it to 100 and a half of these games. But I like the under. Uh, There's really no way that I could assume both teams are going to get to 100. I think my favorite play in this game would be Boston team total under because of the bad scheduling spot and the travel and everything like that. Miami defensively, I'm assuming, will bring it at home. But I'm expecting a lot of really ugly games, which should be close. But... If you like player props, I would lean more towards unders and points than overs because points are going to be few and far between. Sure. hundred percent. I agree. Terrell uh, thoughts on the total here at two Oh four for game one. And then uh, player props in general, if you uh, have any thoughts on that as well. Mm, I think I'm choosing a life of villainy. I'm going with the over. Okay. I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised because both of these Miami gets a lot of low totals. They've gotten low totals over the course of the season, and that's why they've hit the over so much because they've been a little bit disrespectful with some of these totals. And as we get closer and closer to 200, now we're at sitting at 204. Maybe 206 and a half I would have considered, but I still I, – I think that we could see some points in game one. Yeah, I know. think I agree with Terrell about this in game one, that Miami team total over might be a look because, again, we talked about they have the rest advantage and they might have some dead legs to the Boston Celtics coming off that short turnaround. Um, so this might be a case where it might be like, I don't know, 104, 105, where Miami can achieve and Boston only ends up scoring 90 to 95 points. So uh, I think that's maybe one way to attack it. I think the full game you know, may stay under, but I think that one over bit that I do like probably would be Miami's team total points because right there, Terrell hit the nail on the head um, about, about Miami. Uh, player pros perspective, Terrell, what are you looking at, if anything? 
player props. I mean, in general, I'm not. I probably, not yeah, I probably yeah, like he said. He said I would look at some unders. I probably play Jason Tatum's under. It's probably sitting somewhere at 28, 27. I don't know where it's at right now, but okay. probably way too high. And I expect there to be a high. Like they're gonna give Jason Tatum a whole bunch of t- attention, especially in Game One, as they kind of figure both of these teams out. So. I like a Jason Tatum under. And it's 28 and a half. Yeah. 28 and a half. Yeah. I'll play. I'll, I'll take a stab at that in game one, take it at the under. And then uh, Jimmy, I'm just still rocking with Jimmy Butler steals. I think yeah. that these teams, mm-hmm. Boston makes a whole bunch of mistakes and turns the ball over. Jimmy Butler is going to be on the receiving end of a few of those turnovers. Give me Jimmy Butler steals. I like Bam rebounds, points. Uh, I think that I, I really want to wait and see what happens in game one so I can predict the adjustments. But mm-hmm. that's some some staple bets that I think I please. I know you guys mentioned that points that you probably want to look at the unders and especially in this series. Would you then look at reboundings to go to go over the total because they're going to be missed shots? Because right now I'm seeing Bam over eight and a half rebounds. It's a little juice at minus one forty. Al Horford eight and a half at minus one twenty five. But is that something that you probably want to look at with the type of defenses and the probably the difficult shots that the defense are going to create for their offense? Yeah, I would. Uh, the issue is going to be pace, though, because yeah. both teams should take up a lot of time off the shot clock because they're not going to get many open looks. But this is this goes back to the X factor that Terrell mentioned with Adebayo. If the Heat are going to win the series, they need Adebayo to dominate. And if that's going to be the case, he's going to need to average, what, like 12 rebounds per game in the series? Yeah, probably. Double, double, double digits for average, sure. Yeah. He has to average at least double double. Him, you got Tucker somewhere in there fighting for rebounds too. I don't mind overs with him too. But once again, I, I just think that you're going to be looking at a lot of missed shots that are contested and that should result in a lot of rebounding opportunities. I agree. You guys have anything else for the series overall for these two teams and or anything for game one before we get into uh, our locking dogs? Well, I am going to ask, do you think the sure. winner of this series should be favored to win the championship? And the second question is, do you think the winner of this series is going to win the championship? Yes. I think the winner is going to win the championship because I think that Miami is going to win. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But if Boston wins, you would pick Boston, you'd put, you'd pick Boston to lose to Golden State or Dallas. Yeah, 100%. Okay. And Munaf, what about you? I think I agree as well. I, I think that defensively, these are the two. I mean, Golden State's defense has been good, but these two other teams, Boston and Miami, defensively are at a whole other level than Golden State. And as I understand that Golden State has a shooting and so does Dallas. But, uh, and again, both teams have enough offensively. I think when we talk about defense wins championships, I think Miami and the Boston Celtics are the poster child for that. So uh, I agree with uh, what you guys are saying that I think that whichever team in the East at least wins this uh, conference finals, they are going to probably go on to win the championship. Hopefully it's Miami, like Terrell said, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that later. So guys, let's take one last break. We'll come back. We'll do our lock and then a dog, maybe a serious prediction price uh, before we wrap up the show for today. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're also brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish online on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. 
your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com and use promotional code SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code set promotional called SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. All right, coming off of the break here, uh, let's get into our lock and dog. Um, uh, All-star lead it off here. Lock, I think we're all in agreement, or at least for game one. Um, But if you want to give it a series lock as well, you can do that. But game one, Miami Heat. Uh, minus one and a half. Again, we discussed it with the rest advantage and the short turnaround for Boston after a game seven long-term has been profitable uh, for their opposition. Those teams that are coming off that short rest off of game seven. So give me Miami minus one and a half Um, for my series dog or the dog for this uh, to give out a dog, at least for this uh, pod and episode, I'm going to go with that plus 850 Miami in in six games plus 850. Uh, I think they get it done uh, in Boston on their home floor. Again, Jimmy Butler's just pro- probably has been 1B right after Giannis. And now you could throw Luke in that conversation as well as the best players in the playoffs. So I think he's going to lead the way. I think Bam's going to have a big series to look for either Tyler Hero um, or, or someone else. And I don't even think we discussed Victor Oladipo in this series uh, for Miami. That's just another weapon for them to have off the bench. And if he's able to contribute both on the offensive defensive side for Miami, I think that's only going to obviously help them to win the series and get to the NBA Finals. So I'll take Miami Heat in six at plus 850 as my dog. Um, Scott, I'll go with you next, man. What do you got? Lock in dog for this Eastern Conference Finals. So we can choose between either game one or anything. Overall yeah, series. anything. Yeah. Okay. So for my actual lock, I'm going to go with a quarter play. I'm going to take the Celtics first quarter team total under 24 and a half. Okay. I think that the Heat are just going to rise to the occasion defensively. Boston short rest. is going to come out a bit flat. Miami gave up the second fewest first quarter points in the league. And you're looking at Boston. They ranked 22nd in first quarter points per game. So I do think that results in Boston scoring 21 or so in the first quarter. And for my overall dog, I'm going to stick with game one. I'm going to take an alternative spread. I'm going to take the heat minus three and a half at around plus 115, I believe. Let me just see if I can confirm that. I think Miami's going to win pretty handily in game okay. one. And I think that once again, I'm kind of doubling down on Boston struggling because of the travel with the bad scheduling spot. But plus 110 for a Heat team to win comfortably at home, which they have done all season long, that's good enough for me. Give me the Heat winning a very ugly game, 105 to 95. Minus three and a half for Miami in game one, plus 125. So, so a little bit of better okay. odds there cool. overall on win bet. Terrell, what do you got, my man? All right, for the series, for my series lot, give me, give me Miami plus one and a half minus one twenty five. Okay. For my series dog, because I'm choosing a life of villainy, and because <laughs> I, if I if I don't get if this happens, then I'd be pretty mad that I did. Oh, you're going Miami sweep. You're a savage. No, no. So that's actually like <laughs> if I had like a mega dog, it would be Miami sweep. But I decided to give them one game in Boston. So because Miami could very well be up 2-0 and then drop one and split in Boston and then just close out game five. So give me Miami Heat plus 850 for to win in five. For my game block, yeah, just give me Miami Heat minus one and a half. Easy enough. Not going to think too hard there. For my dog, give me Bam out of bio to get to hit a double-double. And well, like plus that. 115, plus 110, something like that. I think Bam's just going to show up. I think, like I said, it's going to be a lot of defense, a lot of chances for rebounds, and Bam is a strong big guy on the inside. I think he's going to give Robert Williams and Al Horford some problems, and he's going to muscle out more of those rebounds. So series for my game dog, Bam out of bio, hit a double-double, plus 110. Plus 140, I'll do better that. That's what I found as the best price. 
All for right. Bam Adebayo, double-double plus 140. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast, the Eastern Conference Finals preview as well as game one picks. A lot of picks, a lot of handicapping and things. It was an absolutely fantastic show. Um, and we're going to be here as usual throughout the conference finals. Um, and then obviously for the NBA finals once we do get there. But uh, Terrell, anything else you want to get off your chest here, my man, before we get out of here? And then let the people know where they can find you, man. Yeah, no, we should start promoting this so people know because we just got our schedule and it's becoming more and more real. But you will find us in Vegas for the conference finals. We should be there next week. Not going to give you exact dates. Just going to let you kind of tap in and see us, but we will be live streaming. You'll catch us there, see us there and all that. So if you are around the area in the city, pull up on us. Yeah. Terrell has hit so many dogs on us that he's flying me and Scott out there for uh, a little short trip to Vegas. But yeah, like Terrell said, uh, we're going to be out there in Vegas uh, uh, not going to give more information on that. We'll be there next week at some time, like Terrell said, but definitely uh, keep your eyes open, especially on the uh, NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter feed as well as the Gambling Podcast Twitter feed. But Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest, my man, and let the people know where they can find you? Uh, no, looking forward to heading out to Vegas. Should be fun. Uh, besides that, you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Radio. Besides that, looking forward to some competitive series. I know we didn't talk about the Western Conference, but I'm hoping both series end up being entertaining. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, 100%. We'll have the Western Conference preview uh, tomorrow with Zach. Uh, so definitely look out for that pod. That game one kicks off on Wednesday between the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, like I said, please make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. Make sure to follow Terrell on Twitter and Instagram at reallyrell underscore underscore. And you can find Scott on Terrell as well. Oh, sorry. Find Scott on Twitter. Um at Rice Show Radio. So definitely give everybody a follow. You can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Like I said, we'll be back with the Western Conference Finals preview tomorrow. Look out for that. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating and review for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Um, until then, let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna, gonna get it.